All right, welcome to Talk CDL, Ruthann. Troy. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge who's, who's here. Um, before I get to what I wanted to talk about today, I uh, wanted to read a um, a letter or a just a post that was just posted six hours ago and handed to us just now as we came in the studio before we were about to start with our topics. This was handed to me. This happened six hours ago in Paducah. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what it says. It says, and my rant starts paying effing attention to the road when you're driving. As most of you know, I work out on the road. Today as we approached, excuse me, today as we approached exit three in Paducah, I watched in my rearview mirror and beside me as a semi-truck plowed through 11 cars and almost hitting me as well. When I jumped out to see if I could help the victims, I ran to the SUV that had rolled over, trapping the people inside. We tore the back passenger door open to find three small children. As two other guys pulled the first two kids out, the mom was bleeding profusely, and I had no idea where she was. As I went to pull the third little girl from the car seat, I could tell immediately that there wasn't a good ending. She had been pushed into the front seat, killing her. When I unbuckled her from her car seat, her limp body fell into my arms. You have no effing idea how hard it was to tell her mom she was gone. The destruction from the wreck is traumatic enough, but holding that four-year-old baby because someone wasn't paying attention in the construction zone. Put your damn phones down and pay attention because a split second is all it takes to have someone pulling you or your baby's lifeless body from a car. Rip Emery. Now, we looked this up real quick, and literally this was breaking news in Paducah. It's a very true story. This just happened it's a picture I'm going to be putting it up on Talk CDL's Facebook page for everybody. But it looks like a gray semi-truck. The front end is taken off. You can see the cars that were crushed. And uh, it's a very heartening story. My advice is, and of course, we don't know. We don't know if the driver had a medical issue himself. We don't know if he was Googling watching something on his phone or texting. We, we don't know. But we do know that we need to really exercise caution because a semi-truck can really, really cause a lot of trouble. And, you know, I understand that more people are killed in car accidents every year with them. But all it takes is one trucker to plow through a crowd, and they're making worse regulations on us. Well, they're going to keep making the regulations for the drivers that are not paying attention. Everybody's got to suffer the consequences because of that. Um, there is the police department there in Paducah is has a reconstruction collision team there to investigate how it all happened. Mm-hmm. So, I'd be interested to follow this story since it was handed to us. Um, very sad, mm-hmm. very sad story, and hopefully... 
hopefully if the truck driver is negligent and was, I got to tell you guys something, you know, you could take your, your phone and burn it, but when they, when they subpoena AT&T or Verizon or whoever your, your, uh, your carrier provider is, Mm -hmm. they will, they can look everything up that you've done, whether you were streaming, whether you were texting, it's all the timing of the accident. And God forbid, if, they find that that truck driver was texting or doing anything with a handheld device, he's looking at prison time within. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, that's just the, it's the prisons, the lawsuits. I mean, there's so much. He just, his whole life's gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and if, again, you know, we don't know, did he have a medical issue? And that happens. I mean, there was a video the other day where a truck driver ran into a border patrol officer that was um, taking, I think, illegal immigrants back to the border or whatever, and he was going to pass the trucker, and the trucker swerved and hit the border patrol guy. And then they found out he had an episode, an emergency, some kind of a medical issue. So you don't know. Um, praise God, and I mean this, prayers for everybody involved in this accident. So mm-hmm. moving on. Uh, before we move on, how about we... Mention one of our people, our peeps. How about <laughs> Cocoon? Cocoon MDR. Cocoon's if you have cool. an Android, if you have an Android phone, go and download this app. It's called Cocoon. Amazon, Michael, Diaz, and David, R's and Robert. I I truly believe in this 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 uh, app. It's no different than any other app that you would you would put on your phone. We all have a million apps on our phone. Every one of them track us. Every one of them are making money on us, but at least Cocoon is on the trucker's side. And as you're running miles, doesn't matter where you go, you're getting paid. If you do, I think 10 to 12,000 miles, you get 30 bucks every month. Now, now, now listen, it might not seem like a lot of money. You're not going to get rich off of it, but it's, it's going to pay for something for you. Yeah. If you, at the end of the year, you've made a few hundred bucks. Guess what? It's Just a new what? pair of boots. New pair of boots. It's it's lunch. It's a date. Whatever. It's money. Why why would you? You know what? It's free money going towards your vacation. Ruthann, tell everybody. If I see a penny on the ground, do I pick it up? You did. I do. Did and always will. Yeah, he picked up the quarter the other day. Yeah, because I think people are now throwing away quarters. Twenty is <laughs> going down so. Bad. But listen, you can find Cocoon MDR. We'll we'll post it on Talk CDL again on the Facebook page this week, but. Um, just go into your app store and look it up. All you iPhone users, we're being told that Cocoon will be coming out for iPhone yeah, users. Still developing it. Yeah, they're they're in the midst of getting the app for you guys too. But it's a great thing. I personally believe in it. I have an iPhone, and I personally am going to download it. Unfortunately, I don't drive ten thousand miles anymore, but I am going to download it just to go along with everybody else. I'm going to you know practice what I preach. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it is for regular vehicles, too, like regular people. Yeah, but, so you know, if you have your wife, you, if you, all of you are using it, then, you know, eventually you might, like I said, it's, a, it's, a few, it's free money. Absolutely. Well, even a dollar. I mean, and I'll, it helps, I'll take it. it. Helps, and what it does is it helps the business companies know where they should put certain things. Yeah, like you're actually helping. Stores, yeah. gas stations, convenience truck places, stops. truck stops, restaurants. Food, yeah. I mean, it's all that's what that's what you're doing is you're you're helping them find out where is high traffic high trafficked areas that would help them. Great, all right, perfect. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So, um, I've got a little title to the tonight's show. It's called "When Truckers Snap." 
You know, and he's not talking about the towel. Right. <laughs> no, no, seriously, when truckers snap, and, and, you know, earlier I was with Johnny Acid, and, and I mentioned, and, and if you want to hear the story of, you remember when we lived in Pennsylvania, that company, TRL, where um, a, a driver came all the way from California, walked in the office, and literally emptied a 38 into the back of his dispatcher's head and back, right in front of the entire dispatch office. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I told the story about how it all transpired, and if you, you know, listen to the end of the show, you'll hear um, myself talking to Johnny Acid about it, but I went ahead and I looked up, you know, more of this stuff, where a truck driver gets pissed off and snaps. It does happen. They go postal. Yeah, I mean, and so just listen to this story here. It was an archive. It says, okay, it's a story... And uh, out of Cincinnati, and I remember this actually, it says, trucking employee kills three in shooting at Ohio Company. Then here's what it says. It says, um, but a truck driver walked into his employer's uh, office this morning, shot three people to death, and then calmly waited to be arrested, the police said. Employees at Transcontinental Systems, Inc. hid under their desks, or ran screaming from the building as the gunman carrying two pistols opened fire. Hmm. Yeah. It says, after the shooting, the man, Gerald Clemens of Cincinnati, walked out of the two-story building and surrendered to the first police officer to arrive. Witnesses said Clemens was jailed on charges of murder and attempted murder. I saw the man come out and lay the weapons on the back of his car. Uh... A witness told the Cincinnati Post, and then he just leaned against the car and relaxed and waited for the police to come. It says, uh, and basically what happened was a, an off-duty female officer heard the call. She went, he surrendered to her. He, he later on said, the reason I surrendered to her really quick was because I didn't want to get slammed onto the ground. And uh, he basically went around looking for those that screwed him over, is what it was qu- quoted as saying. And, and look, this is what happens... And I'm not defending the, uh, you know me, I'm not here to defend or offend. I'm just here to report it. And so this is a case where, you know, you get somebody in a situation where you literally piss him off. And he comes in and does something stupid. Whether he's right or wrong, we got to be careful. You got to know who we're dealing with. And, you know, nobody deserves to to have a guy come into an office and just blow people away, no matter how bad the company treated you, okay, or whatever you thought, okay? Uh, but apparently, apparently, um, it was over a load. And I'm going to read to you. I went and dug up the state versus Clemens, the actual court papers. I have them right here. So listen, just listen to this. I'll try to go through it pretty quick. Um, if I can, let me, let me, uh, hit this. Okay. Here it is. It says, um, on the morning of December 15th, uh, the defendant, uh, appellant Gerald Clemens went to the main office of his employer, transcontinental systems in Evandale and fatally shot uh, three co-workers. The defendant was subsequently convicted of three counts of aggravated murder and sentenced to death. 
So he ended up getting the death penalty is what this guy did. It says, defendant had worked uh, at various jobs in Florida and Cincinnati area after moving back to Cincinnati in 1988. The defendant became an over-the-road truck driver and worked for several trucking companies. By November of 95, the defendant had become a company driver for Transcontinental. On the evening of December 13, 1995, a dispatcher for Transcontinental phoned the defendant at home. So he calls the guy at home and asked him to pick up a load in Ironton, which is a regular run for the Transcontinental. The defendant, the defendant declined to make the pickup, and John Sturzman, chief dispatcher, told the defendant that he was putting the company in a bad spot. The company apparently then made other arrangements for the Ironton run. The next day, December 14th, the defendant phoned Sturzman several times hoping to secure a new load. During the uh, one conversation, the defendant asked Sturzman why another dispatcher, Dave Krimmelmeyer, was screwing him around. Sturzman replied that Krimmelmeyer was not doing that to him. Sturzman told the defendant that he was saving the Ironton run for the defendant again that evening. While the defendant thanked Sturzman for assigning him the Ironton run again, the defendant never showed up to make the run. So listen to this. This guy's actually saying, y'all take the load, and he doesn't go and pick it up. Sounds like twice. Yeah, two times now. This is the second time. It says the defendant later testified that he did not make the run because it wasn't a good run for the mere fact that there is no good roads going that way and all secondary roads instead of the interstate highways, and it, it, it burns up a lot of time. So, okay, why don't you just say that in the first place? Why accept the load and then just be, you know, a jackass? And I mean, to be honest, it sounds like you're being a jackass by accepting it. Keep your damn word. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion on this part, okay? Mm -hmm. You got something to say about it? No, I am agreeing. I mean, not only that, but at one point you can't really, I don't want to say you, sh you can't be picky, but it's still a run sometimes. It might burn up time, but it's still better than nothing if there's nothing, you, you at least get something. But and, and listen, b bottom line is, if you accepted the load... You got to stand by it. And you and then you don't do it the second day in a row, and then you come back and say, well, I didn't take it because it was a bad run. Well, okay, so you didn't know that two days ago when the first time you, you screwed the company around? I, I don't get that. Mm -hmm. Jose says, at 7.45 a.m. on the morning of December 15th, 1995, the defendant called Transcontinental according to an entry made by Krimmelmeyer on the company's telephone log sheet. Evelyn Dinkgrave, who works in accounts payable for Transcontinental, testified that the oh, that he, that she overheard Kremlmeyer have a loud conversation with a driver at 7.45 a.m. that morning, and she observed that Kremlmeyer was kind of angry. This is the dispatcher. It says, after Kremlmeyer hung up the phone, Dinkgrave testified that he got more vocal about how mad he was that this guy had not been on time to pick up the load the night before. At trial, the defendant testified that during their phone conversation, Kremlmeyer appeared to be angry and informed the defendant that he was not going to give the defendant a load to deliver that day. So now this is why all of a sudden now the guy's pissed off because on day three, the dispatcher says, you know, I had enough of your crap. You, I'm not giving you a load. 
Why, why should I give you a load? You're not picking them up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no, you don't get a load. He's pissed off. I, I actually understand that. Well, I, I mean, I, I understand that he's being upset, but look at it this way. The dispatch dispatcher might say, I'm not giving you a load because I don't have any that you're going to be happy with type of attitude too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, at that point, I probably would terminate somebody for, for that alone. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... If you're not going to pick up a load, two times in a row. Yeah, I mean, if 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 that's the case, we're going to lose customers if you're constantly doing this. Mm-hmm. It can't be. It, nobody can work and say, "Uh, I'm just going to do what I want here." Right. I mean, is that we're working? Our our main goal is to, um, you know, take care of customers. Right. If a, if a company has it to where you don't, you're not forced dispatch, and the driver's saying, "Okay, I'm not going to take that." There's the companies if they're not forced, they don't care about that. But you got to let them know so that they can make sure that run is covered. And doing it twice to them, you know, that's that's really crappy of you. Hey, what's that old saying? Fool me once, shame, shame on, on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Shame on me. So at approximately 8.15 a.m. that morning, the defendant entered the transcontinental garage and asked uh, mechanic Elmer Begley whether the defendant's truck was ready for work. Both Begley and, and driver Timothy Stone testified that the defendant had a cream-colored bag attached to his waist at that time, and he appeared to be in a normal mood. So he was really close to there. If he went and was on the phone at 745 and then at 815 showed up there. Yeah, he's a local guy. He's, a, he's really close. Yeah, he's yeah. a guy that's probably local, you know, um, would be my guess. Maybe he takes loads in the surrounding states. So it says Secretary Dana Wilson-Jones observed the defendant in the administrative offices of Transcontinental that morning, defendant waved and smiled at her, then walked away. Moments later, Jones heard Kremlmeyer say, I'm going to have this man arrested for felonious assault. Then Jones heard gunshots and heard Kremlmeyer say, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Jones testified that she heard more gunshots and heard someone say, oh, my God. Tanya Hinkle shared an office with Christine Tietzel in the Transcontinental Administrative Offices and both worked on payroll. Hinkle testified that she heard Kremlmeyer arguing with someone around 8.15 uh, a.m. that morning and heard a punch like a bang. Both she and Tietzel stood up and heard Kremlmeyer say, Assault. Call 911. As Hinkle and Tietzel tried to phone for help, they heard shots and both women hid under their desks. Tietzel pulled her chair underneath her desk in an attempt to hide herself. Hinkle testified that as they hid under their desks, she saw the defendant walk up to Tietzel's desk, move her chair out of the way, look under the desk, and shoot her. As defendant turned around, Hinkle thought she was next, but the defendant proceeded upstairs. Lori McGuire works in accounts receivable for Transcontinental on the second floor of the administrative office building. On the morning of December 15th, she heard some commotion on the first floor around 8.15 a.m. and began walking downstairs. Before she made it to the first floor, she saw a defendant shoot Kremlmeyer in the back. She ran upstairs, panic-stricken, and could hear the defendant climbing the staircase. 
Maguire then fled into an office and stood up against a concrete wall. Defendant walked up to Maguire and told her that he was not going to hurt her and that he was only after the ones who screwed him over. Defendant left the room. Maguire was going downstairs when she heard dispatcher Bob Kinney scream for help from his office. Maguire found McQuinn, I'm sorry, McGuire found Kinney in the dispatcher's office, shot twice, holding his chest and asking for help. McGuire saw Kremelmeyer lying on the floor, too, so she ran back upstairs and called 911. Sandra K. Sears, a Glendale police officer, was working off-duty near the Transcontinental office at the time of the shooting. Upon hearing a radio dispatch, she responded to the scene and followed uh, an Evandale police officer into the Transcontinental parking lot. Sears found Tietzel lying wounded on the front lawn on the premises. She heard Tietzel named Gerald Clemens as her assailant. As Sears approached the office building with the Evandale officer, she noticed defendant smiling and walking steadily towards her. At that point, Sears heard Tietzel exclaim again, that's the bastard that shot me. Sears testified that the defendant told her, I'm the guy you are looking for. I just shot the people. And he mentioned his head, I'm sorry, and he motioned his head towards the office of the building. Like, hey, I shot them in there. Um, Sears handcuffed Clemens and turned him over to the Evandale police officers. All three shooting victims, Kremlmeyer, Kinney, and Tietzel, died of gunshot wounds. Bullets reco- uh, recovered at the, uh, uh, during the autopsy and casings found at the, the crime scene were determined to have been fired from the defendant's gun, which was found lying on the top of his, his trunk in the transcontinental parking lot that morning. The grand, uh, the grand jury indicted the defendant on all three counts of aggravated murder with prior calculation and design. Each count in, uh, included a firearm specification and a death penalty specification that murder was committed as the course of conduct involving the killing of two or more persons. Defense counsel conceded at the outset of the trial that the defendant killed the three murder victims but disputed that they were murdered with prior calculation and design. Defendant testified on his own behalf and acknowledged having a discussion with Kremlmeyer on the morning in question. Here's what he says he did. He says, in which the defendant was told uh, he was not getting a load to deliver. Uh, Defendant claimed that Kremlmeyer started charging at me like a rhino, but the defendant testified that he went into a fog and did not recall shooting anyone or his gun going off. Defendant, Mm. exactly. Defendant testified that he believed that his taking of Prozac caused him to black out. The next uh, thing defendant claims to remember was walking out of his car and seeing a crowd of police officers gather outside the building. Defendant testified that he went to that woman cop because I didn't think she would slam me to the ground. Defendant also expressed regret and remorse for his actions. After deliberation, the jury found defendant guilty as charged 
as the mitigation hearing defendant, the defendant's physician testified that he treated the defendant's depression by prescribing Prozac. Ruthann, look up, look up, is Prozac legal to drive a tractor trailer? I don't think that that most trucking companies hire people that uh, are on Prozac. I'm still stuck on a couple of things that he said. Yeah, defendant's mother, Alice Mc- McMitchin, also testified and recounted his life story. She described the defendant as a caring and helpful son and asked the jury to spare his life. Defendant gave an unsworn statement expressing his sorrow and shame for what he had done. Thought he didn't remember. On rebuttal, the prosecution called a uh, professor of psychiatry who testified that studies of Prozac indicate that it decreases aggressive or violent behavior in both humans and animals. The expert opined, opined that Prozac reduces suicidal thoughts in those who take the drug. The jury recommended death on all three counts, and the trial court imposed the death penalty on the defendant. The court also imposed consecutive prison sentences on the three firearm specification. The uh, the cause is now before the court upon the direct appeal of as of right. Check to see if this guy uh, actually has already gone through the death penalty. What what what, what year did that happen? Nineteen ninety five. Okay. And there's and and believe me, there's other incidents. I just dug up this one and was was kind of interesting to read because, again, not always is it the driver's fault. I mean, in this case, and we don't know what led up to it. When you hear the story later about the shooting at TRL, it's a company that. Prime ended up buying out, um, and they were a huge, big um, outlaw company. They were like five, six hundred trucks, and they were reefer. They used to run a lot of West Coast. They were out of. It's just above Scranton, PA. There, Pittston, Pittston, Pennsylvania. Um, the guy's name, Ruthann, is Gerald L. Clemens, um, and it happened in Evandale. See, uh, see if he's uh, actually been. Um, commuted to life or he's already been killed or is he still appealing appealing you get something i got you got that concentrated look on your face right now dum, 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 dum. but anyways um you know I, I wanted to title this show when drivers snap i mean because it, we're all human and you think about that you know you never know who you're hiring and there's a lot of drivers that do get screwed around Okay, but my 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 message to drivers, honestly, if you feel that you have thoughts of killing somebody, I mean this sincerely. If if you you ever see one of those movies, Ruthann, where somebody's mad and then all of a sudden they show the guy killing somebody, but then it flashes back because he was just dreaming, he was daydreaming of doing it. You know what I'm talking about? Hello. Mm. Well, you want me to read this, and I'm reading it. And okay. Anyways, so. Bottom line is this. If you have thoughts of hurting somebody because your job is making you mad, I would 100% tell you that's the day you need to quit. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to leave that company. If, if there's somebody that you literally hate that you want to kill, that's the day you want to leave. Now, I would go further in your life, and I would say this. If you find yourself wanting to kill people all the time at every job, or in family, or in relationship, or even in neighbor. We just seen that that guy in Scranton um, last this past winter. They were sho- he was shoveling, uh, or I'm sorry, his neighbors were shoveling snow 
on his sidewalk and they were always feuding and he went and got a, a gun and blew them away. The mm-hmm. husband and wife, right? Right on uh, video. Um, if you have those issues, then I would seek help. I mean that sincerely. Obviously, the guy did need help because he had Prozac. Mm-hmm. And like the psychiatrist testified that it reduces the, the, the possibility of violence. Well, it sure didn't reduce it that day. So I would, I would tell you it's not going to end good. If you're, if you're worried about your own well-being, okay, I would tell you to get help. Ruthann, do you have anything? No, I would agree there. Um, there's a couple things that bother me with that. One, that they said that it was not um, premeditated. He lived, he arrived there approximately a half hour after being on the phone with them with a gun, smiling and walking in, that plainly shows he had an issue. I mean, you don't just come to your... And and this was in Evandale, right? Right, Cincinnati area. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Ohio has what their gun law was back in 1995, but I'm not sure if the company itself would uh, would allow him to bring a gun onto the premises at that time either. You know what I'm saying? Well, most, most trucking companies have a no gun policy, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's here and there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, get into my thoughts on that. But as far as, as far as when truck drivers snap, you gotta, you gotta remember one thing. It's a high pressure job. You know, I keep telling everybody it's, 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 I mean, we choose this life as a truck driver, but it's a life where, you know, you see your family a handful of times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're out on the road. You're dealing. I mean, look at Johnny Acid. You know, I mean, he's 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 out there a few months now. You know, and I can I can hear him getting irritable. <laughs> you know, um, the, the bottom line is, you know, we we need to. And and if you're a trucking company listening, we know that there's quite a few trucking companies listening to this. Um, if you're a trucking company, watch for those signs. People are always talking about signs of somebody getting ready to snap. I mean, and, you know, sometimes it's right in front of you. If a guy's really irritable, you know, get him home. If, 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 if that's his complaint, if he's constantly getting home, get him home. If he's constantly um, whining about, about um, loads or going to certain areas... I mean, I'm not telling you how to treat that, but I would tell you that, you know, you might want to really take in consideration his references, okay? And, you know, truck drivers, again, if you're working with a bad dispatcher, you're working with someone that is constantly lying to you. I got to tell you, Ruthann, the worst thing you can do to me is lie to me. I hate being lied to. I can't stand it. It's just, it's, it's deceitful. And, you know, uh, when you got a company, and we do know there's a, a lot of companies out there that BS drivers, you know, if you got a dispatcher that's lying from day one, if you're being lied to, it's time to leave. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I've seen truck drivers come into a, a trucking company and go, oh, I was lied to. You know, it's, it's like I wasn't told the bathrooms were painted pink or something stupid like that. Okay, I'm not talking about making up, you know, looking for some little lie so you can quit. I'm talking about being blatantly lied to. I was talking to a driver the other day. He was sat down with his company, went to in Illinois. They told him 65 cents on the mile. When he got there, he was signing papers, and he said to the, disp- or to the guy that hired him, 
He said, you know, just want to make sure this is 65 cents a mile and blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, well, no, 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 it's 55 cents a mile. And this is was clearly a truck driver that was lied to. Mm-hmm. But now there he is. And he knows he's trapped because he's between jobs. He needs to start making money. So he took the job like three weeks ago. But he's, it's, it's been festering in him. You could tell he's really pissed off. Mm-hmm. Okay. And guess what? He is now going to quit. At least he's going to quit without, you know, doing something stupid there. Okay. Just forget that. Don't yeah, I can't yeah, find. You're, yeah, you're, you're, I'm, I'm totally losing you here. No, I just can't find that. Uh, that's fine. Just move on. See, one of the things about Ruth Ann, if you give her a job, she will, she concentrates until she gets to that. Like, you can't pull her off of it. Like a little pit bull. And so we kind of lost her for a minute there. So come on back. I'm right here. I'm here. All right. So anyways, do you have any advice? Don't go postal. Don't go postal. I like that advice. Um, you I know, mean, I would you consider postal if you're driving tractor trailer? I mean, yeah, postal's a term. I mean, postal's like for post office. Yeah, there's, there is absolutely no justification for anybody to walk into a, a trucking company and go postal. There was other stories that I had. But I've, this this podcast he is going to be like talking. it's going to be an hour and a half long because of the Johnny Acid thing. So I would say um, we could probably go to the word of the day at this point, or I could tell you one more story that I wanted to tell everybody. I had two stories too. Well, guess, let's hear. Let's guess, you know, guess, let's, let's move guess on. Guess I'm ran over by Johnny. You know what? <laughs> Listen, let's 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 move on. Let's let's just go with this and uh, let's talk about one of our other sponsors, JJ Keller. I like J.J. Keller. Yeah? They're a helpful company. That's I keep calling them the trucker's friend. Yes, they are. Yeah. I mean, honestly and truly, it's like having a secretary in your back pocket for, like, dirt cheap. I mean that sincerely. They really are. They're great people. They'll, they'll, they'll take care of all your paperwork. Just imagine, okay, with all the regulations and everything you got to keep filed and make sure that you're doing it every year, okay, imagine getting audited. And, and all your paperwork is jumbled up. I'm one of those guys that's unorganized, okay? Yes, he is. And, and for a couple dollars, all right, I could have just let J.J. Keller take care of my paperwork, okay? And guess what? Now I got all kinds of BS that I got to deal with because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And, and listen, I'm telling you, many people are probably listening to this. If you're a small trucking company, if you're just a one-man show, whatever you are, call J.J. Keller. Ruthann, what's the phone number for Keller? 888 2017. Also, if you're a, a driver that wants to get your own authority and all that stuff, these guys will take care of it right. They'll take care of everything. They'll file it right for you. 888-601-2017. What you got for us, Ruthann? The states with the worst traffic and highways, how they're ranked. The worst traffic. I like that. Can I guess what the... You know what? What's funny is I read... And this just came out, by the way. I read... Um, uh, let's say maybe 10 years ago, the number one congested city to drive in was L.A., and number two was Washington, D.C. Well, this is states, not cities. Oh, this is states. That's what I said. Okay, yeah. I should have paid attention. Yeah, you never do. So, all right, so how many states do you have in this little thing? Oh, it's, it's all of them, but it ranks them by... Well, just give us the top 10. Top 10. Backwards or... Let's go with 10. Number 10. Number 10. What state is the... Can I guess? Oh, no. I don't want to guess. Actually, it's top 20, not all of them. Just like 20. Go ahead. All right. Number 20. Number 20. Ohio. Ohio. 
Yeah, really? It's the most con- congested urban interstates. It's the twenty, the twentieth on the list. That's mm-hmm. not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, you want and then it, it breaks it down. Actually, there's like congested urban interstates. The um, daily interstate travel per lane mile, which I can care less about. Right. But interstate pavement in poor condition and then interstate bridges or um, poor or structurally deficient. I like that. So it, I can give you from the 20 to 1. What What's, um, I like, I really like that part there where it shows who has the worst pay, mm-hmm. worst roads also mm-hmm. so so is ohio 20 across the border no they're 20 for the most congested urban interstates right kentucky oh i'm sorry not kentucky um, west virginia is the interstate with the with the worst pavement and then north carolina yeah. is the one that has the worst bridges or structurally deficient Oh, so uh-huh. they're, they're the ones more in danger of bridges collapsing and a lot. Mm-hmm. And number 20, like 20th. Right. We didn't have like the worst yet. Um, 19, most congested, Utah. Worst pavement, Ohio. And Jersey is the bridges structurally deficient. Okay, let's let's get down to the top 10. Top 10. Washington is congested. Um, oops, I just went way off of that. Indiana is the pavement, and Missouri is the bridge. Okay, number nine. Nine is Hawaii. Hawaii. Constru- yeah, with the uh, congestion. Maryland with its um, pavement, and Washington for the bridges. So at least most truckers don't have to worry about number nine mm-hmm. with Hawaii. Right. So what's number eight? Eight is con- um, Connecticut for the congestion, California for pavement, and Maine for the bridges. So California has the, the, the eighth worst pavement. Maine has the worst, eighth worth bridges. Mm-hmm. And Connecticut, Connecticut has the, is, the, is number eight on the congested list. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's number seven? Rhode Island congestion. Okay. Michigan for pavement. And Colorado for bridges. Wow, Colorado on bridges. Okay, what's number six? Six is Massachusetts for congestion. Mm -hmm. Colorado for the um, pavement and Michigan for the bridges. Bridges, okay. Number five. (laughs) Florida (laughs) for the congestion. Really, okay. (laughs) New York for the pavement and New York for the bridges. So New York gets number five for the bridges and the pavement. Mm -hmm. Florida gets the congestion. Number four. Delaware for congestion. Mm -hmm. Louisiana for pavement. And Massachusetts for bridges. Number three. Three is Jersey for congestion. Mm -hmm. Jersey for pavement. And Illinois for bridges. Wow. I didn't know Jersey was... I mean, I've run Jersey so many times. What's number two? Number two is Maryland for congestion. That I can believe. Delaware for pavement and Rhode Island for bridges. And you got to understand Maryland touches D.C. So it must, it's all 
mixing in there again. So Maryland was number two for congestion. Who was the other two? De- Delaware for pavement and Rhode Island for bridges. And when you say pavement, you're meaning, you know, the cut of the road. It's Interstate. It says interstate pavement in poor condition. Okay. I want to say potholes and just like just ripped up and just needing. I remember when Pennsylvania and Arkansas had the worst roads in the United States. It oh. was it was like terrible. So what do we got for number Arkansas one? Arkansas is rated 14 right now Yeah. for that. And Pennsylvania is number 11. So what's number one? Number one across the board. Congested. Not com- across the board. Let me rephrase that. Number one. Congestion is California at 87%. I believe that one. Um. Hawaii is the pavement in poor condition at 23%. Really? And West Virginia for the poor structures at 13%. West Virginia got the bad bridges. Mm-hmm. The worst bridges for um, interstate interstate bridges, poor or structurally deficient. Might, might I make a suggestion to Hawaii? You know, aloha first off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> um, honestly... As that volcano that's constantly pouring out, it's literally, they have a volcano that's been spewing mm-hmm. lava. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take it and just kind of like a big cake, you know, <laughs> spreader and just spread it right across the roads? I mean, wouldn't hardened lava make a good road? I wonder if it would. And it turns into like a rock. Yeah, I wonder if, if they took that lava really, really quick and just took it somewhere uh, and, and just started spreading it on the cracks and smoothing out the roads. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just a suggestion. No. That's it. So I can tell. Moving on, we've got one more sponsor we wanted to mention. National Carriers. National Carriers is a, a reefer refrigerated trucking company. They're owned by their own freight, which is amazing because you never, they claim you'll never haul a broker load. They claim you'll never touch a load. They're one of the only carriers that say 100% no touch freight, which is two great um, things to have behind you. And then, they are looking for lease drivers. They're looking for company drivers, team drivers, and they'll take student drivers. Great company, and their trucks are amazing. They got those big blue Kenworth T680s. And I hear I, from a little bird that they're experimenting with Volvos right now. Ooh. So I don't know if they're going to be switching or not, but they got those gorgeous. The, the, that's 99% of the fleet is the Kenworth T680, one to three-year-old rigs, fully loaded, and every truck has an APU, fridge, freezer, inverter, all that stuff. Cool. Awesome. What's their number? Their number is 888-311-7076. Yep. And that's Johnny Acid is working over there. Trucker Ron's working over. Trucker Ron went over there three years ago when he came on the show, and he's been with them since. So, um, And he's on a dedicated run now. So um, you know, check him out. See what you think. Let us know. Always, any one of these sponsors, we'd love to know, you know, how, you know, it they're going. And uh, we really do believe in our sponsors, Ruthann. We do. We wouldn't sponsor them or have them as our sponsor, I should say, if we don't really we, like them. We've had plenty of people wanting to uh, have us sponsor them, and we uh, just didn't want to because it wasn't trucking-related or we didn't like the, the sponsor. But if you are trucking-related and you want to sponsor TalkCDL, please contact us at Ruthann. At talkcdl.com. Do you have anything else? You had something else. We I were, do. You were talking about the DOT physical thing. Is that I what was. you want to talk about? Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that for a, real, for a second. Okay, so I had a Joe Pesci moment in my mind. 
So a lot of times... Well, like what? I can't... I can't. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a lot of times drivers are really afraid they're going to fail their DOT physical. So they keep putting it off, putting it off, or whatever the case might be, because they're just afraid they're going to fail it for whatever reason. Yeah. So um, it says that as a... The, the person that wrote this article was a medical examiner. So he was a certified examiner through the the DOT. So this article was written by a medical a certified DOT medical examiner. Exactly. So this advice that we're about to get is really um def- from someone that He's qualified to, to give this right. advice. Okay, so yes. let's hear it. So he said that um he doesn't he personally doesn't like to take a failure decision lightly cuz he knows it impacts that driver tremendously. So what he says is some drivers truly are not healthy enough to be behind the wheel. Their conditions can pose deadly risks to themselves and others on the road. So it's no surprise that doctors who don't follow their CME regulations risk anything from losing their license to be imprisoned. However, the medical review process isn't always clear cut. So there can be cases where a failed driver should seek a second opinion. What he's saying is that there are only a few regulations that CMEs must follow by law. These are qualifications covering vision, hearing, seizures, and insulin. Insulin use, I should say. Mm-hmm. In these areas, the CME has zero leeway in deciding to qualify a driver who does not meet criteria, um, certain benchmarks. For example, DLT law requires a driver to have 20-40 vision in each eye. The majority of the DOT physical exam, though, doesn't fall under those areas. Any questionable condition is left to the examiner's judgment, though usually with discre- uh, direction from the approved guidelines. So if a driver has other conditions and they're sitting there using their own personal judgment on it and it's not following underneath the guidelines, they can end up failing that driver just because their personal judgment is saying so, not their actual medical guidelines they must follow through with. Let me just tell you something. There was a time back in the day, and I knew a lot of trucking companies, where if a guy came in and he was overweight, like by a lot, Mm -hmm. they would send him to the B doctor instead of A doctor because they knew that the B doctor was going to fail him. But if they really wanted him, they'd send him over to a doctor. They knew mm-hmm. he was going to pass him. That's the truth. And so they would find reason to do it. So what, what is this guy's advice? Get a second opinion? Yes. He's saying get a second opinion. If you don't fall within those certain guidelines, you should really go and get a second opinion because the, the driver himself or the examiner himself is using a little bit more of a leeway or not using a leeway that he's allowed to use. But they are saying that um, some of their guidelines might not be current and up to date. There, it says that there are CMEs who are not up to date with current guidelines or simply ill-informed. Situations can arise where a driver meets the consensus guidelines for their medical condition, but for various reasons, the um, examiner reviews to certify them. He's come across this in cases where the drivers failed um, by a CME using incorrect guidelines with. Um, 
the sleep apnea, for example. It says a CME might follow extremely outdated guidelines for a diabetic's hemoglobin levels, or a sleep study might suggest a driver have a very mild sleep apnea. The results don't warrant mandating a CPAP device, but the CMA thinks otherwise. So they'll fail them. So basically, there's a lot of doctors that really don't go by the guidelines. They kind of call their own shots. And even though the guy technically does pass, Mm -hmm. they fail them because they don't they're taking it upon and I believe me I could see the arrogance in some doctors doing that I Not really like that but he said that there there might be outdated because um, FMCSA has given a lot new requirements for Guidance. diabetes and also for the sleep apnea so they're using outdated information mm-hmm. and they're not going by that because they haven't stayed up to date with their info. Wow. So there you have it, drivers. Right from an actual certified DOT examiner wrote an article stating if you're failed, you need to go get a second opinion. Now, I will tell you this. If you have like a a, a sugar level that's quadruple of normal, you probably ain't going to need a second opinion for that. Okay, mm-hmm. if your blood pressure is like 500 over 400, and that's just exaggerating, but if it's really, really out of whack, you probably, a second opinion probably isn't going to do you any good. But if everything's really borderline and they fail you for whatever, you definitely want to get a, a second opinion. Yeah, he said doc, uh, Dr. Alexander Underwood said go and get a second opinion because, you know, you might be you might be suffering with a, with mm-hmm. a doctor that has out-of-date information and, you know, it's nice. worth that shot getting the second opinion. Okay, cool. All right, well... Um, are you still with me? I am. I'm just get pulling my word of the day. Oh, you want to do the word of the day? I'm From just getting word, there. Now, now, this is Word Genius. We always like to mention Word Genius. Um, uh, word Genius doesn't sponsor us, but we love Word Genius, so we um, always plug Word Genius. If you're looking to get the word of the day every day, it's free. You sign up for it at wordgenius.com, and um, they will send you words if you want to increase or you know make your vocabulary bigger and learn different words. It's kind of fun. Ruth Ann gets it every day, and then she'll bring one on the show and uh, plug Word Genius. Ruth Ann, what is the word of the day on ToxyDL? Hold on. I got to make sure I got it all. All ready to. Yep. Ready? Yep. Tyro. 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 Like T Y R O? Exactly. Boy, I'm good. Tyro. Yeah. So, Tyro. Let's hear it again. Tyro. Awesome. And what is Tyro? Tyro is a noun from the 17th century, and it is a beginner or a novice. So, a t- oh, really? That's cool. So, if, if you're a novice, you're also a Tyro. Right. So, that's cool. A novice, like you said, is a beginner, is a new per, is a, a new, like in the church, they say a novice is, and that's N O V I C E, mm-hmm. a novice is somebody that's a new convert, somebody that's just now in the faith. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a, a beginner pool shooter, a beginner trucker, if you're a rookie, you're really a Tyro or a novice. Um, their sentence says, she was a Tyro podcaster when it came to production, but always chose great subject matter. So basically, be, just because she was new, she was still good. And she had great subject matter. She was a good Tyro. And then the second one is Tyro investors should ease into the market by investing small amounts of money. Awesome. So. Hey, stay tuned. We're, we're, uh, the second half of Talk CDL is coming at you. It's a long podcast this time. Uh, the rest of this interview is with Johnny Acid. And the uh, rest of When Drivers Snap will be uh, coming right up after this quick segment. So 
don't don't hang up yet because we got probably about another 40 minutes for you after this. Ruth Ann, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Does your wife actually miss you? Uh, some weeks she does when I don't get a lot of money, but when I get a nice paycheck, then uh, she she doesn't mind me being out on the road when I'm making the money. Nice. What a nice, yeah. what a nice, tender-hearted woman you got. <laughs> yeah, this is you kind, need to come home. The kind of you woman. You need to come home, and then I make money, and it's like you need to stay out there. So. Yeah, it's the kind of woman we all dream about. The one that just got your back. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So you know, acid. Last week we were talking about. Uh, we had a subject that we talked about. And you had missed it, and you asked me to call you because you said you got a few things to say about it on our flip-flop truckers. And, you know, if you got something to add to that, I welcome it. What do you got? Well, I think the first thing we, we really need to do is clarify exactly what qualifies as a flip-flop. Because, you know, you got Crocs, you got the flat um, traditional flip-flops where you stick your toe through, you got boat shoes. I mean, what are you talking about here? What qualifies? Uh, Crocs, for example, are they flip-flops? I, I would say no. Okay, what about sandals? I would say sandals are not flip-flops, but sandals would, if if you ask me, it almost falls into the same category. You know what I mean? As far as a open-toed summer shoe. Right, right. Okay, but closed Crocs... They're exempt, is that it? I'm not saying they're exempt in my book, in my eyes. I'm just saying that I don't consider Crocs flip-flops. I can, I, and to be honest with you, I think Crocs are just odd-looking things. But, you know, I mean, they're all... Okay, so I mean, you're basically talking about the classic flip-flop where it's flat to the ground, your foot, you got a bare foot, and you stick that thing between your big toe and the other one, right? Well, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Can, can I just say something... And I know you got a lot to talk about, but let me just clarify where I'm at, okay? If 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 somebody asked me, would I rather them wear flip-flops or sandals, I would say if the sandals are the kind that have a back right. to, to where it, it, it holds your foot into the shoe and it stays on, I would say 100% would, would, would tell you to drive in that if that's all you had were flip-flops or sandals. And the reason I say that is because we did a study and we looked it all up. And there's like a crazy uh, statistic that's out there that uh, people that wear flip-flops and sandals, but mainly flip-flops, the stuff that doesn't stay on your foot, okay, except by that little strap in the toe, people, it's double the time for those people to go from foot from for from fuel pedal to brake pedal and therefore i think it was again 1.4 million accidents were due to flip-flops and sandals getting caught on pedals or a driver didn't have time to react blah 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 blah. and if you think about it it's true when you wear flip-flops flip-flops are the worst because you got that little tiny thing between your big toe and your whatever that second toe is called okay and when when you react if you ever try to run in flip-flops and all of a sudden the damn things like they mess up, they slide, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's impossible to really run as fast as you can in flip It's the same with anything. If you're in flip-flops and you go in an emergency break, it literally does not, you are not capable 
of slamming your foot over to the to the brake as quickly as you are, and it may roll off because of it. It also may get caught in the fuel pedal. All I'm saying is, out of every one of those, flip flops, Crocs, and sandals. Okay, I well, would I would say that the flip flop is the most dangerous to drive in. And well, I got I got I got to be honest with you. I hate flip flops, and the only time I ever wore them. Uh, when I was locked up, I wore them in the shower, so. Yeah, okay. And I also have my soap on a rope, but that's a different story. Yeah. Another I, time. We'll have to get into that some other time. <laughs> that's the only time I ever wore flip-flops in my life. So, uh, yeah, what you're saying makes sense. I mean, I guess it could be I guess it could be dangerous. Now, you know, when I hauled milk, because I stepped in mud, I had to step in cow shit, so, and I was out of the truck all the time, so I wore boots. But you know what I wear when I drive now? A pair of sneakers. Socks. See that? that I drive. Yeah. I don't think there's a problem with wearing socks. Do you? Yes, absolutely. Socks, bare feet, flip flops. It's all the statistics. Every one of those are. What's wrong with the sock? The sock can't get caught on anything. It, it doesn't matter. The the reaction time. Because you're in your 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 foot is more tender when it's exposed. Okay, the earth, so when you go to, if you have an emergency braking in any way, slamming your foot into that brake pedal. I know you're joking. You don't wear socks, but honestly, that I, is. I, I really do. I wear socks. I sure hope not. Acid. I like to be comfortable. I, I would. I would dis. <laughs> acid. I would disagree with that type of driving altogether. I'm serious. I, and and I said it last week. Okay. If it was my trucking company and somebody was barefoot, socks, flip-flops, anything that was unsafe, especially open-toed shoes, okay, sandals, flip-flops, they tend to ride down when you're on the pedal. Like if you are if you have your foot on the lower part of the pedal, if you ride like that, then the flip-flop or the sandal kind of tucks underneath the fuel pedal. And therefore uh-huh. now, and now it's actually caught if you have an emergency and you go to go over it's literally underneath the fuel pedal and that happens a lot so and the sock yeah, thing see, I, don't, I don't i don't disagree with you there but i still don't see what the problem with socks are if i'm driving five or six hundred miles i want to be comfortable man yeah it's that's I, um, I don't think i'm the only driver out there who drives in socks i on. hey i i agree i don't think you are i don't think you are the only guy but i i, I honestly don't i don't believe in it i'm not going to sit here and justify it just because you're on the show all the time. I disagree with you 100%. I think well, that's, you know. I think what you said makes sense, though. You know, you're like, when you have a shoe on and you hit the brake, you can probably get more brake a lot quicker. Like, the reaction time, whether you have a boot on or, or you have a sock on, isn't going to be any different. Moving your foot from the pedal to the pedal. I agree, but, be- but, the, but the compression... Of when That's you stick your foot, yeah. yeah. When you stick right. your foot on, there's a barefoot or a sock, and you start ramming, pre- ramming all that pressure down to break. You, we both know, okay, that you're going to be more tender. You're going to be more reluctant to shove your foot on a heavy and a tractor trailer brake. You have to press in a lot harder than you do a regular gas pe- or a gas braking small vehicle. So we both know for you to slam your foot onto that pedal. It takes a lot more force. When you have a, a nice heavy boot, a heavy shoe, a pair of sneakers, you know, on something with a nice rubber sole, it, you don't feel it, and you just slam the brakes on. That's a real, it's a given, 
I'm telling you, it's different when you're barefoot. And and being in socks is no different than being barefoot, little twinkle-toed acid. Yeah, well, I have, I have some cute socks. Yeah, I bet so. you do. Are they fuzzy? They got little fu- Yeah, they are. They're fuzzy and warm. You got, um, they got little snake heads on each toe? I mean, what do you got? What does what, what what acid well, wear? Well, the ones I had on yesterday were the powder puff girls. Uh, they're very comfortable. So. Yeah. 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 So, I... Uh, I like a nice pink pair of socks. So, listen, Acid, I don't want to take this show to some weird dimension. T- t- tell me this. When you see, and, and again, we talked, I, I don't want to get too depth in depth about something we've already talked about, but when you see somebody getting out of the truck, and I don't mean, there's a difference between a guy that's parked his truck, he's in his truck for a few minutes, and he might have actually changed from his sneakers or his boots into a comfortable pair of flip-flops because he's going to be at the truck stop for a while and he's coming in to take a shower. I don't have a problem seeing right. a guy. Right, I, don't, right. I, I have zero. I do not have a problem seeing a guy get out of his truck in a pair of jeans and a pair of flip-flops on because maybe he's going into the shower. In fact, it makes more sense if I'm going into the shower from my truck. It makes a lot more sense for me to change in my in my truck rather than to. You're you're you're, you're talking about the guy who stops the truck. Opens the door, gets out, and he's got flip-flops on. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say, though, to justify the guy that you see. See, everybody, the reason I'm saying this, Acid, and I told Ruthann this last week, there's a lot of people that are taking pictures right now of a guy walking in the parking lot from his truck, okay, in a pair of flip-flops, and say, and making fun of the guy, which I believe is wrong, first off, for, for the simple reason the guy might have been driving in sneakers or a pair of boots, and, he's, and now instead of having to, why carry flip-flops into the shower and then when you yeah, get out of the shower carry you have to ca- yeah you have to carry your boots all the way back to the truck that's stupid but the guy that gets out in the fuel island and it's obvious he's been driving in his little flip-flops i don't believe in that guy i don't believe in that at all what are your thoughts yeah i agree with you there i mean you brought up some, some points that i never thought about before because i always thought you know i always thought that flip-flops could get caught could be a problem could slide off, but I never really thought about wearing socks, how that would be a problem. By the way, right now I have sneakers on, just so you know. Yeah. So Again, man, I, I can't. Look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear sneakers from now on. The reason why I, I was, I've been wearing socks is because my last truck, the cruise control didn't work. So I had my foot on the thing the whole time. So now that I have a truck with cruise control, that's why I'm wearing sneakers now. Yeah. No, I mean, again, man, what? I, I don't. I don't. I don't really care, you know. Hey, uh, I got to tell you this. This is really funny. It's, it's uh, right on track with what we're talking about, too. So I went to the meat plant, and I had to go pick up this trailer. And once you know, the landing gear is under, like, eight inches of water, and it's all mud. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do, right? So there's another guy watching me. I get out of the truck. And I mean, all I have are sneakers, right? I'm not going to ruin my sneakers in the mud. I stepped down with my pant legs rolled up and bare feet. The guy was looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? But I'm like, there's no way I'm stepping into that mud, you know, with my shoes on. So I cranked it up in my bare feet. Got back in, rinsed my feet off. So, yeah, I mean, that guy could have been the guy making fun of me. But they were extenuating circumstances. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. I mean, what would you, I probably should have had a rubber pair of boots. A real trucker has those somewhere. 
<laughs> Is that right? A real one does. Okay. Yeah, that's what a real one does. Yeah. L- listen, yeah. I, listen. Let me tell you what a real trucker does. He improvises. Okay. You know, if if there's a situation where you got to get out and take your shoes off so you don't ruin them, you do it. Okay. It, you know, it, it just depends on the situation you're in. You've got to improvise. But there's no. There's no the only way the only reason I could see somebody driving barefoot is if you have an injury, you have a cut on your foot, something to where you can't put shoes on, but yet you need to feed your family, you need to drive. If you know if that's the case, I'm going to drive in my bare feet. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to advocate for it and and say this should be our everyday footwear, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to survive. Okay, so you know, I'm not here to pick on anybody. I'm just here to say. That you know there is there is a proper footwear uh, because of the job you know and that's why um, that's why flip flops are called summer wear sandals are summer wear it's it's beach attire it's going to the park attire it, you know it's it's in fact I mean do you go out to dinner in your flip flops I mean honestly you, you if you do on a really nice date you 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 would look foolish okay dressing down like right. that so I mean you wear you're supposed to wear according to what you're doing. That's really the name of the game. If you're a football player, right, you can't show up in, in a pair of jogging pants in the NFL or anything like that. You have to have your pads on, your your cleats on, your helmet on. You have to have the proper attire on for yeah, the I, I, for the job. I, 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 I'd like to see uh, one of the wide receivers running down the field with flip-flops on. That would be really funny. Well, see, Now, that would, would go viral. Yeah. So, so Acid... Uh, do you have anything else to add to these fl- this flip-flop thing? Because I want to move on. I got something I want to talk to you about. No, I think we covered it. Okay, yeah. so so, so mo- moving on here. Well, I got a few minutes. Uh, Ruth Ann's not in yet today. She's going to be coming in. I want to get her on on the uh, pod here with me. But you recently tried to upload some video for Talk CDL. You were out in the caves. Okay, which yeah. most, you know, I'll be honest with you, probably 90, I don't know what the statistics are, but probably 98% of every trucker in America, if not 99%, will never be in those caves. And there you are, this is your first over-the-road job, and you're two months into it, and you get a delivery. Was it a delivery or a pickup? Uh, it was a delivery. And so there you are in the delivery. What, what was, what's the town and the name of those caves you were at, uh, uh, Acid? I don't remember. Um, I, I've actually been in the caves, the caves three different times, there, at three different places, and let me tell you, it's a freaking nightmare. Okay, the one I just came out of, it goes a mile underground. It's like the Bat Cave, and you know when they designed those, they designed them for straight trucks. There's these columns all over the place you got to get around. It's a nightmare, and. As soon as I get hooked up to Wi-Fi, I'm going to upload it so you can share it with everyone. It's crazy. Insane. Yeah. Well, you know what? But, uh, the, the, well, you'll see. The video, when I was in the cave, I, uh, I got lost. So I kept going the wrong way. I had to back up like five times. So it's yeah. a little confusing down there. But, you know, I mean, I've seen video. I'm interested to see your video. But from, you know, the see, I've never in my life... I've never been in the caves, you know, as far as what a tractor trailer. I've been in caves. There's caves here in Citrus County, Florida, that we, we go hiking to, and we'll crawl into them and go exploring in those caves. It's pitch black. It's soundproof. It's really cool back in there. But I've never been in one driving a tractor trailer 
but I've always found it interesting how that, you know, is carved out and cut out. I guess it stays a certain temperature probably all year around in those caves, which is probably a lot better for, I guess, uh, is a lot of it uh, temperature-controlled products that are probably down in those caves, I would imagine. Well, yeah, you know, you see a lot of reapers go down there. So, and it probably costs them a lot less money to keep something cooler underground than, I mean, they have reaper unit, you know, they have reapers down there, but uh, I think part of the reason they do it is because it stays cooler down there. Well, I don't know. Let me ask you, I mean, this is, this one I'm going to ask it instead of just assuming, is there more than one receiver down there? You know what I mean? Or even and plus a shipper, or is it just one company that's down in that cave? Like the cave you were at last, what was the shipper you went to? What was who was the shipper? The name of the shipper? Sure. Why not? It's not it's not a secret. Uh actually it was believe it or not, it was for Walmart. Or not Walmart, it was for Home Depot and Lowe's, and it was all carpeting and uh like flooring and stuff. But yeah, you're right though. You go under there and there's different sections for different shippers and different, you know, receivers. So So it's and, a, it's a bunch, a bunch of shippers and receivers down there. Well, yeah, cuz they told me go to door go to door 2. I said, "All right." So I looked and I'm like, "There's no way I can get in there," but I did. It took me like 20 minutes. I got it in. And then I'm sitting there waiting. I was there for over an hour. I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" Somebody knocks on my door and they go, you're on the wrong door too. I said, what? They said, yeah, our section's down there. This is somebody else's section. Okay, so, so it, it was a different customer. Yeah, they have different they have different uh, companies inside the cave. Yeah. Here's yeah. the other problem with the caves. Four-wheelers go in there. The people who work in the offices down there, they go in there. And when you're trying to pull out uh, and there's a column on your left and on your right. These are big columns. You got to put your nose out there, and some four wheeler comes flying by 30 miles an hour. So, and I mean, it's pretty narrow in there. So, you know, even some of the truckers go flying through there, which I think is really stupid. Yeah. So, so when you get time, please upload the video. And if you get here to, Get back to Florida over the next week or so. I'll just upload it myself. Um, moving on a second, you recently also told me about a, a pickup truck hauling a, a little trailer that blew by you. You didn't have a dash cam at the time and ended up clipping somebody and rolling right in front of you. Was that was that the case? You actually seen the truck rolling? Oh, <laughs> it rolled all right. Yeah, I... The guy was obviously texting because he was he was weaving a little bit, and uh, there was like three cars ahead of me, and then he was ahead of them, but there was a car in front of him going slow, and I was doing, you know, 72 miles an hour, and the guy passed me, so he must have been doing, I don't know, 80, and he got back over in the uh, slow lane, and uh, I said he's gonna rear end that guy. He was flying up on him, and I guess at the last second, he did what you should never do when you have a trailer on the back. What's that? Okay, just tell me. Uh, he yanked the wheel to the left, and he had a big trailer on the back. So the truck and the trailer went sideways, and before you could even blink, both of them spun, or, 
were spun probably eight times before you could even blink right down to the center of the road and then it flew off into the medium but i uh i stay i always give myself a lot of room obviously you know you hear about that all the time leave a lot of room in front of you and then you go out on the road how many truckers do you see most of them do that but there's some that get right up on your ass and they'll be on somebody else's ass so I'm just glad I was back far enough and I left enough room. But that thing ended up upside down, crushed. I don't think there's any way you could have lived through it. It was bad. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they do live. So, Acid, moving on, as I was calling you earlier, I actually caught this article out of the, out of the corner of my eye as I was just kind of searching. It says, police are looking for a truck driver who they said exposed himself to a woman in Hamden. The incident happened at 8.30 a.m. Monday while the woman was in a vehicle headed north uh, on Whitney Avenue. A truck that had been traveling behind her pulled up next to her, and the truck driver winked at her. Oh, hold on a second. Maybe he had something in his eye. You never know. Well, he winked at her. I'm trying to pull this up here. Okay. Kind of one of those little pop-up things. Anyway, so he pulls up, he winks at her, and uh, gosh, gotta love these. Uh, it said the man continued to drive alongside her. At one point, the driver completely exposed his lower half and was masturbating when driving. A truck uh, was described as having a big flatbed. Uh, the I guess she said it was a big flatbed on on. Oh, wait a minute, what, what, if he's driving. Okay, yeah. how does she know? Because you can't see. His, what's he standing up while he's driving? Um, I don't know. It looks. I mean, how could she see? His, how could she see his junk if he's sitting in the thing there? Listen, see. he raised himself. He could raise himself up. Air seat. <laughs> listen, air, air seats all the way up, and you can raise yourself up. I want to tell you something about exposing. I couldn't tell you now. I don't know about you, but when I was out on the road. Okay, over the road. I couldn't tell you how many um, ladies flash themselves, you know, at truckers. At least at me. I've, I've been flashed. I couldn't tell you how many times. Where, I mean. I've, I've never been flashed. I've had a few uh, look at me and throw up. But, I mean, bar, so. I've seen everything. I've seen guys doing stupid things like this one described in the truck. And I've had plenty of ladies. Um, Exposed themselves to me once we were on the turnpike there in PA, and uh, this one guy yells to me, "Hey FFE, check this, check this convertible out." And this is like in January, and we're headed west on 76 there on the turnpike, and there's this literally at the time maybe 50s, 60s year old lady, fully naked, what in a convertible with the top down on the turn, blowing by, and all the truckers are going burr, burr, blowing their horn at her. And she's not even smiling. She's just driving without looking over at anybody. And and they're all just flat, you know, blowing their horn at her. It's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Just all of a sudden, here comes a woman driving naked on the turnpike. Um, I've seen it all, so I, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me when some pervert, you know, pulls up beside a woman and exposes himself to a lady driving a car. You know, and masturbating. 
and well, I mean, and doing you know, that. We, talked, but we already talked about this uh, before, things that you can do to reduce stress out on the road. So in his defense, maybe he was just stressed out and he, you know, he had to choke one out to, uh, well, let's not, let's not put it that way. Calm down. You know, it's, it's, I mean, that's actually gross. I mean, and if we're being <laughs> honest, that's, this is nasty. I mean, you know, you gotta be pretty desperate to be a flasher, a peeping Tom, some kind of a, a, a weirdo that is, I mean, there, I'll tell you what, there was another one that pulled up beside a school bus and was exposing himself. I was reading. A truck driver. Yeah, a truck driver. No, no, I apologize. It was this one wasn't a trucker. This one was a trucker took a picture of the guy doing it to the kids, and, and I think they got caught. Um, he looked over. This this trucker had four kids, and he seen this guy pulling up beside the bus, and all the kids were running to the one side of the bus, you know, screaming at the guy, and the guy was over there doing his thing, you know, alongside a school bus. I mean, come on, man, that's just. Pretty freaking. Yeah. You, you got to be. Yeah, tight. You know, I draw the line with that, I guess. Yeah. You, you, you know gotta, what I mean? That's. You got to be twisted. You got to be twisted yeah. to even think of doing it. That's why I said, you know, you know, if, if you're out there on the road and you're stressed out, like Acid said, let's be honest. Let's be totally honest. Okay. Um, you got to find another way of relieving stress because once you get caught, you're screwed. And, and look, these, if you're a trucker, <laughs> if you're a trucker and you're doing stuff like that, I got to tell you, that's a good way to end your career because how would you like to have to put that? Can you imagine you're applying for a job? All right, I said, let me just set the let me just set the stage here for a second. Right, right, right. You're applying for a job, and and the company calls you, and 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 they said, and they say, hey, do you have any accidents at all? Do you have any tickets? No, I'm good, man. I got no accidents, no tickets. Okay, and who are you working for? Well, not working for anybody right now. In between jobs. Oh, okay, who was your last company? Well, my last company was uh, ABC Trucking. Oh, okay, why'd you leave them? Well, um, well, okay, so. Uh, well, I got, the, I got fired for flogging the dolphin while yeah, I'm driving. Exactly. Like, how do you explain that to the next company? You know what I mean? Hey, yeah, that's well, a tough oh, one to talk your way out of. That's for sure. And you know what most drivers will say? Well, they, they, they made up this, some lady made up a story. Well, I'm sorry. The video isn't a made up story, buddy. The guy taking pictures of you doing it isn't a made up story. So now how do you get a job? You, do you really think some employer is going to go, oh, okay, that's nothing. We'll hire you. You're just the guy that I mean, plays with himself you, in front you, of everybody. The guy's doing that, and he hits a he hits a bump and sets the camera off. Those guys in safety would have a riot watching that video. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're driving, you've got listen. You you add stupidity to your resume if you're doing it in front of the camera, the inward facing camera. Come on, hello. I mean, I don't think. Hey, that- um, uh, while we're on the subject, I don't know. I think it was a few months ago. You might have heard about this guy. Uh, he's driving down the road and he's looking down. He had one of those tabs, like an iPad or something, right? He's watching porn on the iPad. Right. He's not even looking where he's going. And he, I think he killed like two kids and a mom or something in a minivan. Yeah, I think he's up for murder. I think he's going to go to prison. Well, he should. Well, he'll never get a job again. See, it's just little things like that. You know, you not only ruin your life, somebody else's life, but, guys, there's certain things that if you get caught doing, I mean, I mean there's, little, there's literally little things like that if you get caught, if you're the guy that gets caught doing anything with, that's perverted, most trucking companies are never going to give you a shot. They will never even hire you. It's, it's just no different than if you're the guy that calls a company and says, 
Uh, yeah, my last company fired me because um, uh, uh, my truck got stolen with like you know two hundred thousand dollars of st with of of steaks and pork chops in the back, uh, and because I left the key in it. You know, if you if you're involved in a stolen truck, whether it was your fault or not. Most likely, you're not going to get a job from the next company. Most companies are not going to want to hire you. Maybe some crap company, but that one you won't, okay? Hey, some guy stole a truck a few days ago. Uh, actually, it was, in the, it was on Fox yesterday. He, he stole a truck, and he rammed it into a, a brick building, jumped out of the truck, and executed two bystanders. What? And then, um, wait, cops wait. took him down. Was this a trucker? Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know if he was a trucker, but he, he stole a rig and full speed took down a building with it, a small little building, stone uh, uh, brick building, jumps out of the truck and wastes two people, and then the, uh, I guess the cops took him down. They got him. Wow. Yeah, that was in Fox yesterday. You can probably look it up. Yeah, I mean, honestly and truly, guy wanted for stealing a semi-truck last week, arrested. That's a different one. Um, yeah, I will look it up. Um, I didn't hear about it. You said it was on Fox? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, well, that's definitely a guy that'll never get a job. But the bottom line is, yeah, here it is. Man crashes stolen truck into home and shoots two people. Nice. Yeah. What an idiot. Crazy, I know, right? Yeah, police are investigating a chaotic crime scene in Massachusetts where, I, well, Massachusetts, that says it all, where, uh, a man reportedly stole a semi truck, crashed it into a home, and fatally shot two people before police killed him. On Saturday afternoon in Winthrop, Massachusetts, a small beachside community on the outskirts of Boston, a man stole a box truck from a plumbing company. Okay. For some reason, that's hidden. So that was a different story. It's a weird paper. So, 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 yeah, I mean, isn't that crazy? It's insane. I know. I'm, I'm it's the world we live in. I'm sitting here trying to picture. I'm going, why would a guy steal a truck and then crash into a house? And then did he kill the two people inside the house? It doesn't say. I wonder, I wonder if he was wearing flip-flops and masturbating when he rammed into the, into the building. No, if, if, but if we're being serious, I wonder if it was his boss. And he drove a tractor trailer through the house, or was it a dispatch? You never know. You never. You, <laughs> you think that's listen? If your dispatcher pisses you off, that's probably going to the extreme. I don't think I'd want to, you know, run into my dispatcher's house. Listen, I was I was working. I can't remember what company I was working for. In it was the nineteen early nineteen nineties. You can look it up. There's a company, you're from PA, there's a company in Pittston, Pennsylvania, it used to be called TRL. Okay? Yeah, T yeah. They were called mm -hmm. TRL, um, I forget what it stands for, trans something. But anyways, TRL was a reefer company, and they did a lot of West Coast. They were actually famous for West Coast. I even remember their letters were like blue, yellow, and green or something like that, the TRL. And they were about a mid-sized company. I've actually dropped a trailer off there once for somebody. I forget what I was even doing. It was when I was leased to FFE. And I literally remember coming home, and there was this crazy story of a TRL driver that 
was out in California. Now, he was, I believe that the driver was either 38 or 48, and the, and the dispatcher was the same age. The dispatcher and the driver did not get along at all. They fought. They hated each other. They were always arguing. Serious, this was the story back then. Suppo- right, go ahead. Supposedly, he's, the driver's out in California, and the dispatcher told him that it was okay to get a hotel. When the guy got his check, the hotel was taken off. <laughs> okay? Or it wasn't paid for, or something to that effect. But either really, bottom line was they didn't pay for it. Guy calls the dispatcher. Dispatcher and him get into an argument. He literally gets in his truck in California. You can look this up. He gets in his truck in California and drives all the way back to Pittston, Pennsylvania. He walks in the office. And by the way, this guy has his wife with him. He walks into the dispatch office with a 38 loaded. And panic erupts. He literally finds the dispatcher. The dispatcher looks at him and says, I don't have time for you. This was quoted in the paper and turns his back to the guy. The guy empties the gun right into the dispatcher. He puts the gun down. No, this is no joke. He puts the gun down and waits. He goes outside and waits by his truck. It's also quoted when the police showed up, he said to his wife, please don't tell my wife. This guy is literally, I believe he was locked up in an insane asylum for the rest of <laughs> I'm not joking. This is the truth. The, him and the dispatcher were the exact same age. They didn't get along. And this guy just, he, his trigger was tripped. And he just literally came back with a vengeance. And he killed that dispatcher. And that's the truth. And, you know, there's other. There may have some dispatchers listening. You know, it's not all just truckers. So you might want to think about that, dispatchers. You know what I mean? You know, uh, but they shouldn't have to. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna threaten dispatchers. They shouldn't have to be under the gun of of somebody possibly killing them because they're not getting the right loads. That's just the fact, that acid. It's just the fact of the matter. Yes, they sh- drivers shouldn't be lied to to go into a job. Okay, but the the bottom line is that's a scary freaking job, man. If I was if I was a trucking company, I could tell you right now, you just never know what driver you've hired. Okay, you don't know right. what driver you have hired. So, I would tell you that personally, we all got to learn to get along, and uh, that's a scary but very true story. TRL, Pittston, Pennsylvania. Look it up. It's hard to find, but I've actually found that already by looking. You just got to search for it. It's a 20-some-year-old story. Jeez. Crazy Well, times. I'm going to have to wrap up here, partner, because yep. uh, I'm getting ready to pull into the plant. Yep. So. Go go do your thing. I'll get with Ruthann here, and we'll uh, get on the pod and connect everything together. Stay safe. All right. All right. Peace. Praise the Lord.